Thanks for tuning in to part two of our application advice podcast. Today's episode focuses on the academic category including GPA, GMAT, GRE, and applicable GMAT GRE exemptions. Last but not least, the team will break down what to share in your scholarship section and what happens after you submit your application. Hi everyone and welcome back to our part two segment on application and advice uh, with myself, Amy Froud. Uh, I'm one of the associate directors for the admissions and recruiting team with the full-time MBA program, and I'm joined by my colleague, Lindsay Lippman. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. Nice to be back talking about the application. Yeah, and so today uh, we will be covering uh, all other aspects of the application that we didn't cover in part one. And so really the, the main focus here is on the intellectual horsepower and the academics category uh, portion of things and scholarships. Uh, and then we will cover also the GMAT area. And uh, we do have some new developments there mm -hmm. to share, which are quite interesting. Uh, so we're looking forward to discussing that a little bit more. But uh, to get started with the intellectual horsepower uh, segment, this is where, uh, you know, we look at the GPA and of course, all, all applicants coming into the program will be required to have an undergrad. Um, and so with the undergrad, it doesn't matter what it is as so much as your grades, okay? So this is where the GPA does come, in, come into play. So when we're looking at your GPA, we're looking at your last two years of your uh, of your transcript, and I will also say this: it does not matter if it's a three year or a four year. Okay, uh, so but we are looking at your last two years, and I will also, you know, just add on to this: if you've done a master's program, mm -hmm. that would count. Okay, That's so right. so we will look at if it's a one year master's program. Of course, we're going to take one year of your master's mm -hmm. plus one year of your final undergrad. That's right. And then we'll come up with a cumulative average, uh, you know, to, to kind of give us an idea of where you are. And no, so, you don't have to calculate the average. We do it for you. It, it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that is important to note because I think many are, you know, kind of fretting about how do I do this? Right. Well, we have, um, you know, we, we have professionals in place that do, do this on a day-to-day. -day, mm -hmm. And so they're, uh, they're very good at, uh, at, at helping in, in this area. So no need for you to tackle that. Mm -hmm. um, and then, so when we're looking at this, we're looking at a GPA that is strong. We don't publish a GPA, um, and I know that some uh, schools will, but what we're looking at is, when we say strong, we're looking at uh, solid. We're looking at a solid GPA, and so we're looking at a, a B, that would be kind of the benchmark that would be, you know, B, B plus and above, but mm -hmm. that's not the end all be all. Right. So I think that's important to note, but mm -hmm. often, you know, candidates are looking for a target. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. But I would say, don't fret if there were some areas on your GPA that maybe didn't work out. Um, you know, we look at that in tandem with some other things yeah. as well. Um, and so that brings us also to um, the GMAT <laughs> and the GRE. And so there are a few developments here, but I, I would say we can discuss the GMAT in tandem with the GPA. Yeah, for sure, for and, sure. Yeah, and so I think there, if you are you know, a candidate that, you know, you come to us and say, look, I didn't do so well uh, in my undergrad. Mm -hmm. I, I struggled, I wasn't in the right program, um, there were extenuating circumstances, you know, we're human, we understand, 
Lindsay and I have both been there. <laughs> we went through school. Uh, so, I mean, we do approach this with, you know, a, a human perspective as well. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's important to also note that that can also be made up in certain ways. And so yeah. if, you, if, you are, if you did struggle in your undergrad, that could be married up with a stronger GMAT. And mm -hmm. so I would say that's kind of the, that, that's the one piece that can really help you and, right. and to leverage you, right. um, you know, during the application process. And so when we talk about GMAT, um, a strong GMAT is what we would be looking for. Right. No, absolutely. I think you're right. You can't be defined for what happened in your university days. Um, you know, wrong program, maybe you moved, maybe you had personal circumstances going on. So that's why we don't publicize a minimum because it really does depend on the individual. And I would say this really speaks to our holistic assessment because as Amy touched on, um, if your GPA or your you know undergrad average um, wasn't strong over your last two years, not only will we look at a GMAT or GRE or an LSAT or an MCAT, or certain professional mm -hmm. designations, but we also look at the quality of your work experience. If you're in a career that uses a lot of um, business experience, we've had that with candidates where their GPA was in the, let's say it was a 60% undergrad, mm -hmm. but they've been in the banking career for five years and progressed and did well mm -hmm. and did financial modeling and these other um, more quantitative um, functions. And so that proved through the interview, through the references that they had the, the academic horsepower. Mm -hmm. So it really is holistic, but Yes, if you do have a stronger GMAT or GRE, that does make it easier to convince the committee that you have the academic horsepower to keep up with our pace because we mm -hmm. are a one-year program. So we move faster. You learn, we think, the concepts more quickly and more in depth because you're actioning them. But we do want to set you up for success. Mm -hmm. If we don't feel you have that academic horsepower through a few of these um, factors, then we're not going to provide you with, with an offer. Um, now, in terms of what the GMAT looks like or GRE, we always speak in terms of GMAT. So we do accept GRE just the same as a GMAT, but in terms of scores uh, and what you'll see public on our website and through employment reports with averages and ranges, it's always in terms of a GMAT. And for those who have a GRE, you can certainly calculate it through an online platform to get the equivalent GMAT. Typically speaking, we like to see over 550, mm -hmm. typically speaking. We also don't have this on our website because <laughs> we make exceptions um, to those who get, have had strong careers that maybe they have a 530 or a 520. So we, but typically speaking, we like to see at least a 550, um, of course, anywhere north of that. Our average any given year tends to be around a 660 or a 670. Mm -hmm. um, so that, you know, you can strive for that, but we always just say strive to do your best. Mm -hmm. You know, it is a very stressful test. It does take time to prepare for it. Uh, and that, like your GPA, shouldn't define you fully either. Mm -hmm. And we are seeing more and more programs and more recruiting partners move away from using the GMAT or GRE as a requirement for hiring. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that is true. I would say caveat to that. And, and so, you know, there are some industries and depending on where it is that you're focusing on post-MBA, it could be advantageous for you to have uh, a GMAT, but you don't maybe necessarily have to have that for the purpose of the application, right. which we will touch on. Um, but definitely, you know, if you're looking in the realm of MBB, if you're looking at more finance, investment banking, um, it wouldn't hurt, you know, to have a GMAT um, just as an extra piece, uh, you know, to help you be seen through the recruitment For sure. process.
process. I mean, we, we do know it's competitive in mm -hmm. nature. Um, and so to be a little bit more well-armed through the process, sure. um, you know, it can't hurt. And so I would, I would throw that out as something to think about, um, mm -hmm. you know, moving forward. For sure. But I think this brings us to, yeah. you know, the next discussion, which is kind of exciting. I, I would say it's... Yeah, the, the, the new development. But we have an existing list of designations that do okay. provide the waivers yes. for the GMAT, yes. for admission. Now, we say this with the asterisks. So if you have mm -hmm. a Canadian CPA, Canadian PNG, completed CFA 2, completed CFA 3, or again, if you have a valid LSAT or MCAT test, but let's, let's focus on the designations. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you have any of those designations, you can apply out a score and your application is deemed complete. So you yes. can submit it and we'll go forward and we'll assess you. Now, if we still go through the assessment and through your references and interview and even GPA, the committee isn't convinced you have the intellectual horsepower, you may still be asked to write the GMAT. But this allows you to get through mm -hmm. with, with not requiring it at the time of submission. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, it's a great opportunity because it is showing that you've proven some abilities through the designations, the testing that goes through, there's a rigor with that. Most of the time you are provided an offer not needing it, but again, mm -hmm. as Amy mentioned, it does depend on the career you're looking to achieve. And if, if the committee, and especially our faculty member on the committee, doesn't feel you've got that capability to handle the rigor, there might be a suggestion that you do still write the test. Exactly. This leads us yes. to a new development. And I think I was jumping the mm. gun before. It's but okay, you're just, excited. Just so I totally excited. get it. Just, really you know, nice to have. And, and this really comes uh, to us mm -hmm. in, the, in the last few months. And right. uh, you know, this is something that we've thought about. We've had uh, input from faculty mm -hmm. and, and admissions committee. And, um, but, but you know, thinking this through long and hard, there are now, um, I, I would say, there's something in place <laughs> for those of you who are considering an MBA who have a background in a STEM-related area. So that means science, technology, engineering, uh, math-related statistics, or of course business, commerce, economics-related mm -hmm. uh, field to apply to the program and be considered for a GMAT waiver. Um, so this is this is pretty big in terms of development. This means that you can actually put forward your application um, at the time of the application uh, is is submitted, and we assess it. That's also at the time that we will determine uh, whether or not you meet the conditions for a GMAT waiver. And so when we look at uh, a GMAT waiver consideration, we're looking at a few different things. We're looking at, uh, you know, not only your undergraduate performance, so your GPA, uh, we're looking at your undergrad, uh, and so like that, uh, the module that you've mm -hmm. studied, uh, but we're also looking at your work experience. And so that comes into play as well. So we're looking at a little bit about your background, mm -hmm. um, you know, we're looking at your progression, we're looking at the relevancy mm -hmm. in terms of what you've worked in mm -hmm. as well. Um, to kind of marry those two together to give us a picture of where you are um, and, and how you will, I guess, how, how you will do in the program, mm -hmm. um, you know, the strengths that you right. will bring forward. Um, so that is, that is a new development. And mm -hmm. I should also say, so when you decide to submit your application, um, you know, and at that time you're being considered for um, the waiver, the GMAT waiver. At that time as well, we will be 
also determining whether or not you're a fit for the program. And so at the same time, we will uh, deliver a decision on your GMAT consideration for a waiver, but also a decision for your admission to the program. So those are tandem, mm -hmm. and they will be delivered to you. Uh, now, there are a few options that could be delivered. Of course, you could be approved if the admissions committee you know, looks at all facets of your application and says, yes, check, check, check. Um, you know, they, they look like a strong applicant based on not only their, their GPA, but also their work progression. We have no hesitation here, um, and we'd like to move forward with an admission. But in some cases, there are a few red flags, and it could be that, you know, there are a few spots on the undergraduate uh, record, or it could be, you know, the work experience isn't quite there, mm -hmm. um, and so it's just not strong enough. Right. It doesn't mean that that's the end of the road for you. It could mean that there could be a conditional offer for you. Right. Okay. And so that that's also something to consider. Um, and then, of course, the, the third, <laughs> which we don't like to talk about, is just just not a fit overall, right. you know, based on, on the profile and, and caliber of work experience. So something to keep in mind with this new offering that we're providing is that it, it's an opportunity to apply for it. So as Amy's outlined, it doesn't mean that you're guaranteed you're not going to have to write the test. So keeping this in mind with your application timelines, if you are given a conditional offer, you don't have to accept that you're going to move forward and write it. You might say, I don't want to write the test, so if Ivy gives me a conditional offer, pending test, I'm not going to proceed with it. That's totally your call. Now, if we do give you a conditional offer and you proceed with writing the test, as Amy mentioned, we're going to give you the requirements in terms of the minimum score that we need to see by provided date. We're going to give you more than two weeks notice. Typically speaking, we're going to give you approximately three months. So work backwards from this. If you're an international applicant tuning in today, your deadline to apply with us is end of September. Mm -hmm. This means we recommend you apply. If, if you are considering this opportunity, apply for the July timeframe at the latest. Because in this way, if you are provided a conditional offer, you don't want to be um, you know, into the October or later writing the test. Uh, we want to make sure you've got enough time to get your visa to immigrate into Canada. So um, give yourself time to prepare for the test because it is certainly a potential outcome for you if we don't feel you've got that capability to do well in the program and we need that, that factor to indicate uh, your success. Now, I know when we've launched this, we've got a lot of questions around, well, what does a strong GPA mean? Uh, what does strong leadership sort of career-wise mean to prove that I've demonstrated this? And can you pre-assess me? And the answer is no. We don't do pre-assessments. It is based on these factors. To get a strong GPA, it will vary on the degree. It will also, again, as we've mentioned, be in tandem with your experience. So we don't provide a hard cutoff as what a strong GPA is because it does depend. And sometimes, quite frankly, we might look at certain courses over, over other courses. Mm -hmm. So though mm -hmm. in general, we look at the last two years of your GPA, of your university to look at your GPA, if we are really focusing on providing this waiver, we're gonna look harder at those quantitative courses mm -hmm. during your degree. Um, and maybe that calculation isn't as strong mm -hmm. and therefore we're not confident in your ability. So just some things to keep in mind. Um, certainly though, this is also why we are here to help you through this. If you've got questions, you wanna talk through it more, have concerns about it. Again, we can't provide you the likelihood of you getting the offer <laughs> or conditional offer, but we can certainly try to answer some questions and clarify anything on your mind. Yeah, that's perfect. I think that's pretty thorough there. Um, and so happy to be able to deliver that new information. Mm -hmm. um, but this brings Very us to our, our final segment and, uh, and talking points and something that I think, you know, really everyone is quite interested in. And that's the scholarship 
uh, area. So let's talk about the money. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and, and I will say, you know, Lindsay and I have uh, recorded a really great um, uh, admissions series podcast on on rolling admissions and uh, and scholarships. And so we would definitely advise you to, you know, tune into that just for the, I guess, more specifics um, around it and, and really how it works and what to expect, okay? Uh, but we all know that when you're looking at embarking on your MBA journey, it, it's an investment, not only of time, but of course, you know, in, in money. And so uh, this is something to not enter into lightly and, and so, you know, most most candidates are thinking about this well in advance, and so we we say, you know, listen to your resources, um, do your research, um, and really think about what you're what you're embarking on. The good news is, we are very competitive in terms of of scholarships, and so we like to think of ourselves as you know really awarding healthy scholarships um, now of course we don't provide full ride scholarships no canadian school does um, but uh, but i would say you know depending on your merit we will you know take that into account and land in an area that we feel suitable um, and what we do is we look at your profile in comparison to other students other candidates going through the process you know to land on really on a on a number that we feel suitable um, and so really we just want to preface this by saying the award is not dictated by need and so it's solely based on merit and so just keeping that uh, into consideration when you're putting together your um, your application package really demonstrate and, and highlight those key points that, that we've talked about previously, leadership, um, you know, your achievements, your impact, um, engagement with us as well, that, that's key. Um, and so all of those things come together when we're looking at a scholarship. Absolutely, and it's a part of this, this scholarship, sorry, the application we recommend you complete. You know, about 85% of our incoming students do receive an admissions scholarship. This section, though, just allows you to elaborate more about yourself. There is a guide within the application around the different sections, what to include. You can certainly repeat from the previous essays a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's not going to hurt your candidacy, but there could be more to yourself that, again, you want to convey and share. So we do encourage you to do that. Um, and certainly in the uh, Rolling Admissions and Scholarships podcast, we break down um, more advice around the you know actual fellowships that we offer, the category of admissions um, scholarships in general. but. Um, the most important takeaway is that these are in place regardless of when you apply to our program. They are merit-based, um, and we are pretty competitive with our offering against uh, the other MBA schools. So um, hopefully it all works out, and uh, you're able to get an offer, and also we're able to show you some money. So that'd be very great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so I think, you know, just highlighting there are two key sections to the scholarship, and that would be, you know, again, there's a little bit of, um, you know, you're highlighting certain portions like I touched on before. And so it's really about bringing forward um, those highlights that you've maybe noted in your, your resume and um, your extracurriculars, um, bringing that to attention forefront. Um, and also there is another section that you're going to want to highlight just more or less around how you're going to finance mm -hmm. um, your, your MBA. Um, and again, like there is a, a booklet like to, that helps you um, work through that as well. So um, also, there is an area about additional scholarships uh, that 
you should keep um, you know, in mind. And so depending on what it is that your focus is, if you have special interests, uh, there it's nicely outlined within the application. So links to those mm -hmm. scholarships and fellowships. And so, you know, whether or not it's uh, an interest in women in leadership, which is really our forte um, fellowship, which really is designed for those women who want to be female leaders of tomorrow in business, uh, who demonstrate, you know, different strengths and qualities that we would be looking for uh, to really represent uh, within the MBA program. There's also Ramba, which is Reaching Out MBA. Um, that is really an initiative which is uh, d designed for our LGBTQ community um, to raise awareness and, and obviously bring forward issues and to advance uh, you know members of those uh, of those areas uh, LGBTQ members um, within the MBA community and so uh, and then lastly would be the entrepreneurship fellowship which is uh, a fantastic, uh, fellowship in and of itself and so for our budding entrepreneurs this is a fantastic opportunity to get involved and so you know if you do have that uh, you know entrepreneurial mindset then this is something to consider if, if you've already you know dabbled a little bit you've had a startup um, you know that we have a designated area uh, we have a specialized program actually our one specialization in our MBA program um, you know, for you to check out and, and to really be involved in. And so you could be, uh, you know, one of our uh, awardees of this. We award two in total, but uh, definitely check that out if, if it's of interest to you. But uh, yeah, so we do have many more um, uh, fellowships and scholar scholarships to keep in mind. When yeah, applying. and they're yeah. all part of the broad admissions category. They are. So these fellowships you've just outlined are not in addition to the admission award. You are just, we decide on the value of your scholarship based on the strength of your merit. And then if you highlight in the scholarship section, whether it's one of these fellowship um, or specific awards, or in general, you share more with community involvement, mm -hmm. then we decide on the award name mm -hmm. for you. But it's not like you would get Forte plus an admission scholarship. Forte would be your admission scholarship. Um, we get a lot of questions yes, around that. So, so just to <laughs> clarify that. So at this point, then you submitted everything. And when you click submit, Let's talk about what happens next um, in terms yeah. of, you know, what you can expect with timing in particular and then the likelihood of the next part of our application, which is the admissions interview. Mm -hmm. So when you click submit within about two business days, our admissions team will go through your application, make sure you've submitted everything. If not, they will contact you and say you're missing some parts to your application. If you are one of about 75%, you're going to move forward to the admissions interview stage. Moving forward does not mean you're more likely to get an offer. Moving mm -hmm. forward means we either see potential or we want to learn more about you before we can make a decision. Uh, so within that, you'll be notified if you're going forward to the admissions interview stage, you are given an email to book your online or in-person mm -hmm. one-hour interview with one member from our career management team. This is quite unique. This is, again, part of us having them with our admissions committee. We want them to understand your background, make sure they feel you'd be a great candidate for the, for the program, but more specifically around the, your career goals. They want to understand where you've been with your career, where you think you want to go up the stage, and whether you've got the grit, um, perseverance, uh, and even coachability to, to get there and work with their team. So that's why we have them as part of the admissions committee and why they host the interview. Um, we'd like you to have your interview within about two weeks mm -hmm. of the notification. This allows us to keep in line with our communicative timelines of four to six weeks. If you need to push it a week, that's fine, but if the further you push it, 
just know that the longer you're going to get wait to hear back from us. So try to keep it within two weeks if you can. Within the interview notification, there's a, another podcast. <laughs> you can tell we like podcasts um, that uh, is specific to the admissions interview, and it is not on our website. It is only sent to those who are selected for the interview. This is your best first step in preparation. We break down the types of questions, uh, even examples of questions, why we're asking them, how best to prepare. So we do recommend you tune into that. If, of course, after you tune in, you've got questions, that's where we're still here to help you through that. So don't at all hesitate to reach out. And then typically after the interview, within about uh, roughly two weeks, um, we'll get back to you because the admissions committee will meet. And we will present your file and discuss all these factors about yourself. Everything from your academic horsepower to your MBA readiness, admissions interview, and decide if you feel whether we're going to give you an offer or not. Mm -hmm. So I think that brings us to our final thoughts and wrap up. Uh, and so we really hope that you've enjoyed and, and you know, found our, our feedback and you know, just our discussion quite helpful as you work through the next steps. But I think there are a few things just to you know, remind you of and so, and, and important things. So when you are considering, you know, moving forward with your application, we would encourage you to connect with us. Uh, you know, the recruiters, Lindsay and myself and other team members are here to help you. Uh, so you can call on us at any time, whether that's through email. Um, we're always happy to, you know, set up a call, uh, you know, to learn a little bit more about you, any questions or concerns that you have. Uh, we also really suggest that you tune into the podcast. They're, I would say, an immense help mm -hmm. in, in terms of the resources given to you and, uh, you know, just, again, expectations, what we look for, uh, also cultural aspects of the school. There's, you know, there, there's a number of podcasts that you can access mm -hmm. up there that will really help you um, with a, a fulsome idea of what to expect as you put your application forward and, and consider Ivy as a school. Um, and so in terms of the application, when to apply, we talked about this a little bit, but I would say, and we both agree that you apply when you're ready. Yeah. It, it's not a designated date. So I mean, yes, we do have those deadlines noted, but those are, you know, handle them as soft deadlines. You, you mm -hmm. handle them as like, okay, that's just a point to keep in mind. Right. But you don't have to apply on that date. Again, we did uh, review that we have rolling admissions in for a place. You apply when it's ready, um, when you're ready uh, to, to do so. So no pressure there. Uh, one thing, if you are extended an offer, um, so typically we ask for your decision back within about a three week time period. Um, and so, and with that is a $5,000 deposit. So just keeping that in mind when you're looking at, you know, planning, um, you know, there is an investment and, uh, and money, you know, is, is requested, you know, at, at that time. So just being thoughtful about that and, and we want you to be in the best possible space um, when preparing for this. Again, what goes along with that is lining up your school applications. And so, we know that we are not the only school. We would like to think that we are, but we're not. And we, there are plenty of other schools out there that mm -hmm. you're considering, and, mm -hmm. and that's, a, that's a great thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and so what we would ask when you're considering an application is to line up and plan those out. Be mm -hmm. thoughtful, uh, just so we can do our best to communicate in a, 
on a timeline that works well for you. Right. Um, and so I would also say, you know, don't hesitate to reach out to other schools to let them know about timelines that you have in place with other MBA schools. It'll put you in a better place to make a decision, you know, to have all of your, you know, offers or decisions in place to move forward um, and, and to make that decision for you, whatever that best decision is. Yeah, schools mostly have the ability to speed up or expedite yep. decisions and also to provide you with an extension. Now, mm -hmm. within reason, um, as Amy's nicely highlighted, the sort of turnaround times and our expectations on you, this should really work backwards with you when, when deciding when to apply. When you're applying to programs, you should have a pretty good idea of, the, of your number one, your number two, your number three type of, of programs. So knowing that when you apply, you know, within four to six weeks, you're going to have a decision. Are you ready to make that decision? Are you ready to say yes to a program? Are you ready to put forward a deposit? Almost every school asks for a deposit of, you know, at least a few to several thousand dollars upon acceptance into a program. And these deposits are, for the most part, non-refundable. So this does take time to figure that out, understanding the timelines for schools, if you're waiting to hear from other schools, we don't want you to be in a position where you're forced to make a decision not knowing all the responses. But again, within reason. Mm -hmm. You know, we can extend it a week or so. We can try to expedite it within, you know, several days. But please don't apply to us and having then tell us, oh, by the way, I got to X school and can you hear back? Can I hear back from you by next week? Mm -hmm. No, that's not possible. <laughs> so, you know, we can do it within reason. And so that's why it's great, as Amy mentioned, keep us in the loop. Let us know other programs you're applying to. We're not offended. We get it. We understand. Um, other schools do as well. And it's important for you to hear from all the programs and make the best decision for yourself. But don't rush your decision. Apply when you're ready. Get to know all the programs. Please engage with our team. We hope this podcast today was helpful for you um, and that you leave feeling more confident, putting forward a competitive, a competitive application. But please do stay in touch with us. Let us know how it's going. We're happy to help and guide you where we can. Absolutely. Thanks again for joining us. And you can find us uh, on the website, LinkedIn. Uh, please connect and uh, we look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for tuning in to our Application Advice Podcast Series. We hope you feel more confident submitting an application. Please reach out to your recruiting advisor with any remaining questions or concerns.